Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. Welcome to another Britflix Frightfest preview podcast. Please introduce yourself, my latest guest. Hi, my name is Benjamin R. Moody, or Ben Moody, if you're a friend, which if you're hearing me now, I consider you a friend. Uh, I'm the writer-director of Last Girl Standing, which is uh, premiering at Frightfest this year. Brilliant, brilliant. So, do you want to give us a brief synopsis about Last Girl Standing? Sure. Um, Last Girl Standing is... The movie after the slasher movie. Um, we basically, it's about the girl that survives a slasher movie that we've all seen a hundred times, and we catch up with her five years later, um, after the events of the typical movie, and we see how those events of a slasher movie or any horror movie has kind of affected her life. And yeah, we're, it's kind of like a character study on the survivor of horror movies. Sounds fancy. Excuse me, look at my teeth. Sounds fascinating. <laughs> right then, when, when and where can people see the movie at Frightfest? Um, we are screening on Monday of Frightfest at, on Discovery Screen 2 at 3 p.m. Um, so yeah, it's good, good afternoon, uh, day, and yeah, that's a, uh, holiday for you, isn't it? It is, it's a bank holiday, so, uh, yeah, sure, have a, a good turnout on that day. Nope, we're looking forward to it, um, should be, yeah, it's gonna be a good time, I think, the whole yeah. festival. <laughs> Indeed. Now, if, if a movie, in, sorry, if a horror movie is, is split equally into four parts, and one yep. of those parts is scares, one of those parts is gore, one of those mm-hmm. parts is mystery, one of those parts is psychological. What would mm-hmm. be the spread of, of your film? Um, yeah, it would be... There's a lot of mystery and psychological in ours, because, okay. um, yeah, we kind of co- consider it more of a character piece. But, I mean, yeah, it opens with the gore and the, um, the horror... And then, yeah, then we it dives into the mystery psychological for probably two thirds, and then it, uh, yeah, it kicks in at the end quite a bit um, without giving too much away. Oh, that's good. <laughs> no, that's good. That's good. Uh, so, so from a scripted point of view, where 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 was this idea born out of for you? Um, funny. It's kind of like yeah, it was. It's again like I'm a huge slasher fan. Um, Friday the 13th movies are kind of my bread and butter as a small child, way too young to watch them, but, um, but like it honestly, it came about like one week after my wife and I had a baby, um, and we were homebound in October, and every October we only watch horror movies, and so <laughs> even if we had an infant, we weren't going to change that. <laughs> so we were homebound with an infant and just watching every horror movie that came up and so we uh ended up catching the end of a 
slasher movie, and I was the girl was carted off by the cops, screaming, and we just saw that part, and I was like, well, when, starting here, where does this go? Like, I want to see this story now. Like, if you just started at the end of the slasher movie, like, I, it was suddenly like, I really wanted to explore where the characters go from there. Um, after they're carted off by the cops screaming for, like, uh, you know, they always do that final scare in the Friday movies where it's like you think it's fine and they see Jason come out of the water or something. Um, those, I don't know, I just always love those bits in the, uh, the old movies. So, like, when I started, when I just caught the end of one and just watched that part alone, I was like, there's something to be said about what happens after this. Oh, and doubt. so, basically, I mean, yeah, the movie is basically two year, almost two years old from inception because it came, it, it happened right after our, yeah, two year old was born. <laughs> and so, like, we saw, we came up with the idea. Um, I kind of just pitched it right there, and me and Rachel, the producer, we just spitballed it for like, we kind of kept coming back to it for a like a week. I mean, we almost had the whole movie within the first hour. <laughs> like, we were like, oh, and then this would happen and this would happen. And so it came like super, it came super fast. And yeah, it was just that lightning strike moment that we both really latched onto. And then, um, yeah, then I pitched it to an actress, the local actress that I wanted to feature in it. And she got really excited. And yeah, anyone I talked to about it got really excited. So that kind of inspired me to pursue it. But again, like, yeah, it was, almost within a couple hours of watching of of the initial concept that we had like the whole outline and everything ready um ready to go what would what would you as, as then once you started to develop that outline into a screenplay mm -hmm. and sort of really scrutinize what what you were coming up with what would you say was the hardest challenge to resolve in storytelling terms um i guess i mean it's that balance i think like kind of like what we talked about at the beginning of like of like I didn't want it to be a slasher movie, but I wanted it to be um, about slasher movies. But then I didn't. I, I also don't. I also didn't want to get super meta and like um, about it either. So I mean, it was. I think that was the finding that tone that was both fresh and new. Hopefully, a fresh and new angle on the slasher movie, but without um, disavowing, without like you know saying those movies are dumb. Because I know a lot of people think those are dumb movies and I I don't know it just bugs me because I I love them so much and so it was just about trying to come up with something that was respectful and fresh and unique um and all and satisfying for the hardcore fan what what do you think is the sort of in, enduring enduring um quality to to that kind of format of the horror film because I guess I guess Texas Chainsaw Massacre is the original Last girl standing, I suppose. Four, four yeah, yeah, ago. that's kind of one of the big. Yeah, that's that was kind of one of the big ones that I would always refer to when making the movie and stuff. But yeah, like it's, I think just I think the roller coaster ride, like that was that. I mean, yeah, and still to today, it's just like it, audiences love to love to be scared, and so it's it's just like why are we go on roller coasters. I think is. We like the thrill, um, even if we know what's happening. It's just, I don't know, it's just, it's so much fun to watch. Um, <laughs> I, yeah, I, mean, I guess I, I mean, I lean towards the movie, the horror movies that not that Texas Chainsaw is like a fun movie, but it just, it's, I love showing that movie to people that haven't seen it mm. because I love just watching them react and get, you know, 
get excited, get scream, you know, have a good laugh. Like, I don't, it's, there's just something just all encompassing, like good entertainment about it. <laughs> well, no, without a doubt, it's got, it's, it's, it's got a relentlessness that is, that is not always present in, in horror films. Yeah. And that one, yeah. And just the performance in that one is just, they just, they, it just, yeah, it just feels like they tormented that girl. <laughs> I mean, she, oh man, like at the end of that one, yeah, she, yeah, she's just like ravaged and, um, and yeah, that was a big one that I showed all the actors in the movie. Like, like this is the quintessential, like, you know, a girl just barely surviving by the, you know, uh, by her, uh, guts. And, um, and yeah, it's just like, she just barely survived. Now, what, what would happen to her in real life? Like, um, cut to five years later. Like, just that's, again, that's that classic image I was talking about. Just the girl just cackling, laughing at the end of the movie. Just because she survived, and um, it's a happy ending when you watch the movie because like she's she got away from Leatherface, but when you when you just come in then and watch it, it's like, whoa, wait, where? How is she gonna go back to life after this? Like, is she gonna get a normal job? <laughs> like, is she gonna be okay? Um, that was the question I wanted to explore. Now, now, is is have you are you doing this straight, or is there a sense of humor to what you're doing? I mean, it's, it's pretty straight, but I mean, you know, I'm, I'm a pretty big believer in, you know, releasing the tension, um, here or there with a good laugh. Um, I mean, the horror is all done very straight. There is, um, there's some characters in it that, you know, that's, um, uh, bring some humor to it, but I mean, it's more, I call it like a drama horror, but again, like, there's a couple, like yeah, I say I mean quote unquote jokes, but I mean yeah, a couple light moments that okay. are are meant to yeah be like we, you've been you've been through a shitty twenty minutes right now of this movie. It's been hard. Like let's let's uh, lighten up for a sec. Because um, yeah, I think uh, yeah, comedy and horror do go hand in hand, and they're good. To, they aid each other, I think, especially oh, in a yeah. horror movie. Yeah, and they're both they're both very visceral reactions. Aren't they? Yes, yeah, they're both physical reactions. You. Yeah jump from a scare and laughing is so uh, physical so and there's nothing you can do to make it ha make people scared or laugh that isn't going to make them scared or laugh it's a very right yeah <laughs> they're kind of yeah you uh it's fun oh it's it's been a funny thing like i don't know the movie because i guess i wrote it and i directed it it's like i'm always like I, I don't think of it as a scary movie but then like when i show someone that hasn't seen it they're always like, man, that was so scary. And I'm like, oh, oh, good. <laughs> like, I'm glad. <laughs> I'm kind of like, I'm just, I've been so wrapped up in the character, um, in just, yeah, the character and the drama that, like, that's what I'm, it isn't, yeah, I, I don't, it's not scary to me, but that's because I made it. But everyone that watches it has said how, they've been, they've reacted to it in a great, good way as far as the horror. So I'm like, okay, I guess it's working, which that's the, that's, yeah, it's hard when you're writing and directing and doing everything to know what works and doesn't, but that's why, why you show it to people. Exactly, exactly. Um, so, so when you were in the, in the pre-production stage getting ready to shoot and you're talking yeah. to your producer and your producer's going, we've only got this much money and you're yes. going, but I want to do this. Um, <laughs> what was, what aspects of the shoot seemed sort of insurmountable, but you managed to achieve what you wanted and what sort of breaks did you get or, or ideas did you come up with to get around the problem of limited finance? Um, I mean, yeah, it was, the whole concept was kind of, and once we had the concept, everything was sort of geared around us not having very many resources. 
But then, like, but I also didn't want to make a one-location movie either, so that was, it was kind of like, oh, well, this will be small and just local, and it'll be easy, but, like, the script had, like, you know, uh, 12 locations, and 25 or so speaking roles, it was kind of, as a first-time feature, you know, everyone's like, you know, make a stage play with a couple actors, and so I guess it was just kind of the scope that um, we went for was a was pretty like in the thick of it was pretty hard to deal with um, with uh, limited funds, but um, yeah, it was all we tried to create what they call a Rodriguez list. Have you heard that? No, term? no, go on, go on, tell us, tell us. Yeah, the Rodriguez list is yeah comes from Robert Rodriguez. This thing that he did for El Mariachi, which is right. Um, try to make a list of the things you have access to. And uh, write a movie about those, and we we kind of did that. We knew we had good actors because we've done a lot of short films in Austin, Texas, and um, we had some locations like you know we had a dry cleaners, um, we had a family ranch that um, we're friends with that we knew we could get access to. Trying to well, and then you know someone has a car, <laughs> but then it was like me writing certain things that I didn't think would be a big deal, like an apartment. Or, um, yeah, the apartment one was a surprisingly hard to find. And then, then I just stupidly wrote, they, they meet in a bar and there's like three bar scenes. <laughs> and, and that was, I was kind of, I guess, I guess a couple of our stuntmen have worked door, like done the doorman duties at bars. So I was like, well, I'm sure we can find one. They, the bar owners in town are pretty laid back, but like that was, that turned out to be, yeah, one of the hard things, and we didn't secure a bar, I think, until like four days before that part of the movie was going to be shot, because one bar fell through. I mean, that's just stuff that, it just, yeah, we're planning, we're talking to people, and then they drop out, like, um, right before, and we have to go a different direction, like, yeah, it was, some of that location stuff was um, was pretty hard to to deal with, but again, like, we... Austin's pretty laid back, and um, it wasn't ever. Well, I say that now in hindsight, like, but like, yeah, in the, in the moment it's always stressful. But yeah, in hindsight, it's like I think yeah, in Austin we had a pretty, um, pretty good security blanket of cool people. Everyone knows someone that can get us somewhere, so it wasn't too bad. Um, in hindsight, <laughs> so, well, of course, of course, every all, all the panics have gone, haven't they? In hindsight, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, oh man, remember when I forget that how stressed we were for that week leading up to the bar shoot, <laughs> and it was also the other problem with that shoot was it was the day after the Fourth of July, so the day after Independence Day, and it, everyone had to be dressed like they're going out to a bar, but at six a.m. And so, like, it was, it was trying to wrangle bar extras was another, again, just that bar thing, that was just a silly thing for me to write. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, getting people at 6 a.m. the day after a holiday, um, was a, was a tough thing. Uh, but, but again, everyone showed up that said they would, and, yeah, I think we have a bar scene that conveys, uh, what we needed to. Fantastic, fantastic. Now, you, you, you're coming over for your premiere, yeah? Yes, uh, yes. No, me, uh, my producer and wife, Rachel, um, the two main actresses, one main actor, and then actually my co-editor is coming over too. So there's going to be a good group of us there for the screening. Fantastic. Now let's remind people of, of when the screening is again. 
Yep, uh, we are on uh, the Monday of Fright Fest uh, at the Discovery Screen 2 at 3 p.m. So, yeah, that's uh, that you said it's a bank holiday. That's what you called it? It is a bank holiday, yes. A bank holiday. So, yeah, no, it's a, a good day off. We're going to be all we're going to be there having a good time. And, yeah, we're looking to we're looking to just yeah meet a lot of horror fans because, yeah, that's what this movie is geared towards um, us horror fans. Indeed. indeed. So without giving too much away um, and given you'll be there as well, what are you most excited about in terms of this film screening at Fright Fest and what they'll either see? And or experience watching your movie. What's what are your what's your little rabbits rabbits in the hat you've got? Well, I mean, there, yeah, it's like I said, it, it, it there isn't a ton of the gore in the middle, gore horror in the middle, but it's that psychological journey. Um, I I've been the couple times I've watched it with people, I, I, and I'm looking forward to watching it with true horror people because I'm kind. Like, looking forward to watching it with a uh, loaded audience of horror fans because I think there is a really engaging character arc and it's a fun one to watch unravel. Like, this girl, she's been through hell and it's about her kind of trying to step out from the shadows and have a normal life, but... And I think horror fans will dig it because it's it's like putting that that character we've all seen in everyday life and like watching her struggle has, is I think uh, a fun journey and a new journey that we don't get to see that often. And yeah, I think, I mean, again, yeah, I just want to see what horror fans think about it, good or bad. Like I'm just looking to, yeah, have a good time, but yeah, I'm, I just want horror fans to see it. Cause that's, um, that's who I think are going to really latch on to it. No, no, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm sort of, um, I- I'm sort of racking my brains, and I'm and I'm sort of surprised. It's it's not an idea that's been latched on before because it's the it's it's the perfect thing I think in terms of what what horror what horror films have done when they're when they're being self referential is the the idea of what happens next. I mean, obviously, we 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 have Friday the Thirteenth Parts One and Two, which kind of go, yes. you know, here's and you it, know Halloween. I mean, they could bring Jamie Lee Curtis back, you know, later on. Um, but yeah, it was, it's something that every, it's interesting, like the, um, a lot of the times in those, the, fran- the bigger franchises, they, they've tried to do a continuing story sometimes here or there, but then those are the ones that, I don't know, like a lot of times people don't, those are the ones people don't like as much, like they just want the killing. Um, so I was trying to like create a sequel to a movie that doesn't exist so I would maybe have more freedom because it's it's just a it's a sequel to a non-existent movie so there's no sort of um no one's latched on to the our killer yet but I think our killer's pretty cool um because uh, he makes an appearance at the beginning and maybe throughout we'll see <laughs> well, but, no, I mean the one, the one that springs to, the only one that springs to mind is a couple of years ago at Fright Fest there was a film called Rabies I don't know if you know that one yeah, I, I haven't. Is that the Israeli one? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like it's not so much it's not so much the continuation, but mm-hmm. it's a, it's 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 what you would call a deconstruction of the slasher film. Okay, yeah. See, I get. I've seen their second movie, uh, Big Bad Wolves. Yeah, I love yeah, yeah. That. And I've been yeah, maybe it just it hasn't uh, come on Netflix or anything. I need to just go to the video store and pick it up. Yeah, because because that one is is it's not the kind of after a film. What it does is it, it sort of sets you into the world of here's a killer. Here's somebody mm-hmm. in trouble, yeah, and then it goes somewhere else and tells a whole oh, different cool. story until, yeah, yeah, the, yeah. until the end again. And you're like, "How did that happen?" 
<laughs> so that's kind, that was kind of a novel take on the slasher film. So the natural yeah. progression is what you what you you're trying to do, which is go after the slasher film. This is what yep. life's like. Yeah, I, I want again. It, I think it's something we're so used to seeing now that I think it's just I don't know. It's time to just explore the aftermath a little bit. Um, and oh yeah, I was thinking the Scream movies. Um, those like they Dev Campbell's character. They deal a little bit with PTSD and stuff, but it's... I always thought it was weird for her. In one of them, I don't know if it was Scream... I think it was Scream 3. She's, like, living out in the middle of woods. Hmm. And I was like, if I had survived something, <laughs> I don't know if I would go out in the middle of the woods. <laughs> like, I would probably... I, but again, I guess in Scream 2, she's in college, and it still happens, so... She tried to stay in populous areas, and it didn't work out for her either. Well, look, if, yeah. there's, if there's a chance while, while, you're in, while you're at Fright Fest, there's a mm-hmm. couple of friends of mine called Aidan Watkins and uh, Phil Morrison, and they're co-writing a book called Alone in the Dark, which is... Mm-hmm cataloging over 80 years of stalk and slash movies. Oh, they, nice. They have watched films, so we don't have to. <laughs> That's amazing, yeah. I mean, seriously. So they've seen, yeah. They've seen pretty much everything. I think it's over 2,000 movies now. Wow. So it's, their cat, it isn't, the book isn't out yet? They're working no, no, no. They're still, they're still, they, obviously, slasher films keep getting made or they discover people who've recorded straight onto VHS, you know, it's... Yeah. <laughs> they have watched some schlocky rubbish. The draft house, the Alamo Draft House in Austin, they they will find a lot of that. They have a night called VHS Only, and they play things that, like, were basically, yeah, recorded on VHS, and they project it from VHS. <laughs> Seriously? Yeah, it's pretty insane. <laughs> Um, uh, yeah, so yeah, they, it's, sometimes it's not full movies, they just, they find the weird stuff, so yeah, it's a, it's a fun time. Now look, uh, Britflix is usually about British filmmakers, that's usually my remit, and, and mm-hmm. look, August is my month where I can, I can step outside that, because Fright Fest is such a big British event, that yeah. appeals to people all around the world. Um, so, just to bring me back on message, um, <laughs> do you want to tell me your favourite British horror film? Oh man, um... Uh, would the descent count? It, very much so. Okay, good. Well, it takes place in the states, I guess, but <laughs> uh, but I mean, yeah, I guess probably, uh, yeah. Of that's probably one that I can go back to and watch and get scared every single time. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, I, I I saw that at a film festival in Los Angeles and an outdoor screening, so I could look up at the stars. And I, that was the only way I could, like, make it through that first screening of it was, was, like, I just had to keep looking up to make sure I was outside and not underground. <laughs> like, no, no, it's a fairly, fairly intense movie. Um, yeah, and that's, that was another one I showed some people on the cast and crew of just, like, all right, yeah, this is just a phenomenal, uh, yeah, like, I, I love that one because it's, you're so invested in the characters before the horror starts. I guess it's kind of like Alien in that way. Um well, yeah, that, yeah, and I, even even Texas Chainsaw in a sense. Yeah, that's I mean, true too. Yeah, no, for sure. So I did, it just, I did, I did um, a sort of script to screen analysis for a magazine about yeah. about Texas Chainsaw, and it's it's only when you sort of take that kind of forensic look at it that mm-hmm. you begin to see that actually they don't they do actually have sort of characters in there. And, yeah, no, and yeah, that's one. That, yeah, maybe I don't. 
it just, yeah, that, it's so unrelenting. It seems like it's so long, unrelenting, but you, you are with the characters quite a bit at the beginning of that movie. I mean, the film, you don't see Leatherface till, a, yeah. till about 40 minutes, which is kind of, <laughs> you don't see a chainsaw till nearly an hour. Now, right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, because his first thing is the hammer, which I yeah. was, yeah, I had to show someone on the sound team that's, that, uh, the other day. <laughs> <laughs> Because uh, I was like, this is what I want. <laughs> so does um, does your does um, does your film have a, an official release date as yet? Not yet. No, we are we're starting to do the festival rounds, um, and we're looking into some avenues to getting it out as fast as possible. Because yeah, it's a interesting market now, and you know, you movies can come out faster, and I think that's a good thing because. Um, I would rather play kind of close to, you know, I'd rather it come out near film festivals than like six, six months to a year later. Um, so no, we're hoping to get it out by the end of the year, Fantastic. um, Fantastic. in, uh, some way, shape or form. So, but yeah, it's just, um, no, it's just, a, again, we just made this movie on our own. We couldn't be, we're so excited and honored to be part of Fright Fest because yeah, we, this is a total DIY, you know, uh, husband and wife and a bunch of their friends making a movie together. So, um, so no, just to be able to come over there and play for a Fright Fest audience is, again, it's a dream come true. It's a festival we've been watching from afar for years and just dreaming about going to. So, uh, we had to make a movie to, <laughs> to uh, justify the expense trip, I guess. <laughs> well, look, look, you've made it. So, uh, in a couple of weeks, you'll be, uh, you'll be walking around the, 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 the mezzanine floors and escalators of the View Cinema on Leicester Square, London. Experience yeah. Fright Fest firsthand, and I'm sure you'll have a ball. No, uh, we are, yeah, we're looking forward to it, so thank you. <laughs> so thank you very much for your time coming on the podcast to talk about your film. No, thank you so much. Uh, this has been great, and yeah, thank you. It's been an honor talking to you. <laughs> it's the Britflix Fright Fest preview podcast series. If you don't already subscribe to Britflix, just sign up for free at iTunes and you'll get the next episode right after we launch it. Or follow at Britflix on Twitter for links to the podcast to stream from the website directly. Thank you. Save big on Brunch for Mom, all in the Kroger app. Get 16-ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% Lean Ground Sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca-Cola, Pepsi, or 7-Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger today. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.